0: Today's episode is brought to you by the Vegas Bear Guys and Tua T Fitness.
1: Everything sequel contains explicit language, and why the fudge not, you melon farmer?
0: Hello and welcome to the Everything Sequel Podcast. This is the Halloween Edition, Part 2. Today we're talking Halloween Resurrection. Michael Schantz here of the How Dare You Awards. Joining me, the man who has risen himself, Tom Stewart of Lonesome Whistle Productions. Say hello to
1: the good people, Tom. This is to us for successfully... Let me give you a little more. Putting together something collectively so ingenious Uh, as a team and a duo that we should definitely be able to secure a lot of food on the table for ourselves as long as everything goes as nicely as it's going right now. (laughs) What the hell is Buster Rhymes talking about here?
0: (laughs) (laughs) One of my favorite notes for this movie is... And obviously, we've referenced this several times—the book yes. taking shape—but they yeah. give a lot of play in that book about how Busta. A, but Busta wasn't in the movie originally as much, and apparently, yes. we we owe we owe Busta Rhymes to test audiences.
1: Yeah, but are... only in New Jersey. Yes, exactly. But who... so I want to know. I want to know <laughs> what's, what what your problem is, New Jersey.
0: Exactly. Who liked him so much that they had to put more in. Yes. And then I loved this bit about um, you know, he really took control of his character by mostly just making up the dialogue himself yeah. or adding to it. And it's so thing. evident in the movie when it's, you watch. Well that's it. the
1: thing, it's like you you don't need to read a book about the making of Halloween resurrection <laughs> yes. to 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 know that he rewrote his own dialogue. Right. It is plainly evident in the film itself. <laughs> And there are also moments later on in I mean, will we'll get there but there are moments later on in the movie where you know very clearly he's writing the arc of his character as well it goes yeah. beyond dialogue because uh he he <laughs> stuff happens in this movie he's 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 trying to make a despicable person become likable yeah, well stuff happens in this movie vis-a-vis characters of michael Meyer that's never happened before yeah or since. right <laughs> yes um and you know li- he literally pats himself on the on back on the back yes
0: that's how I, I was saving <laughs> I it tom i you took my thunder i was saving it because it's sorry. one of my favorite moments sorry. in the whole fucking
1: movie <laughs> uh. luckily luckily there are plenty more regards mr mr rhymes that's true i also like you know to to incorporate a little bit of Semi-breaking news. Okay. Um, that that uh, <laughs> our suspicion that they just you know they wanted to um, basically they they wanted to have another LL Cool J. Oh yeah. They wanted to to, to sort of make the lightning strike twice. They um, couldn't
0: get him because they he was a, they couldn't get him partly because maybe of H two O he and I think two thousand two is also deep blue sea territory.
1: So and he's, you know, like, the, becoming a bona
0: fide so, movie star, and they right. couldn't
1: afford him. Um, the, 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 it's sort of in between <laughs> trying to get LL Cool J and eventually ending it with Busta Rhymes, they auditioned Coolio. Coolio. <laughs> so, <laughs> it's even more cynical than I imagined. Yes. You know, it was like, we're going to get a famous rapper <laughs> no at whatever what. cost. <laughs> and the cost was Busta Rhymes. Yes, a man who speaks in prose as if he's rapping. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I cannot separate the way you know the cadence of his of of his dialogue from how he sings his songs. Mm-hmm. It's exactly the same. There's no distinction. <laughs> Not to mention the verbal diarrhea coming out of his mouth. Oh when yeah, he, when he opens it, which is uh, fascinating. It's amazing. It 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 kind of is,
0: yeah. But, but what, said... my favorite part about all of that is that the producers and, you know, every the, you know, the production company, everybody, everybody involved all thought, well, this is a good thing. Isn't,
1: isn't it fast? Like, you know, in, in the next film, I'm going to be strongly arguing that that the response to the movie was kind of a mass hallucination. Right. The... Um, but I think there was another one going on here on the set of the movie and apparently in a, in a cinema in New Jersey. Yeah. <laughs> that what Buster Rhymes was doing was, was redeeming the movie, not, 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 not condemning it, it to failure. Yeah. <laughs> Um, you know, I love I love Rick Rosenthal's quote of uh, where where he sort of says, "Yeah, it's great." You know, we set up the martial arts at the beginning of the film, and then it comes back at the end. I'm like, "Yeah, technically, that is what happened," but don't talk about it as if it's a good as thing. As
0: if it's a good thing. And he he also <laughs> said, in regards to that New Jersey audience, we were surprised as anybody that they loved Buster <laughs> Rhymes so much. I mean, we just felt like we had to up the ante for him. You know? Yeah. Oh, it's great. Well, ladies and gentlemen, we are (laughs) talking about Halloween Resurrection, a 2002 film, right? Yes. I think I wrote down 2012 here. (laughs) 2002 film directed, as we just said, by Rick Rosenthal, who, of course, did direct
1: Halloween 2. Yeah, and the first the first uh, director to be asked back
0: to be asked back. In addition, he directed uh, American Dreamer, Ruskies, and Bad Boys. Not that Bad Boys. Another Bad Boys. <laughs> Another Bad Boys.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Sean but, I mean, Penn. Bad Boys. This is also fascinating in the you know in the skewed timeline of the series because in the H two O timeline, Rick Rosenthal has directed halloween 2 and halloween 4 but halloween 2 is enough halloween hate sorry h2o is enough of a reset that he's effectively redirecting halloween 2 again yeah right <laughs> exactly. he's directed two tile halloween 2s and a halloween 2 and a halloween 4 simultaneously
0: <laughs> that's amazing well you know so listen I, yeah I mean, we've talked about it kind of already in the ranking episode. This movie, not beloved, uh, twelve percent on Rotten Tomatoes. However, budget of thirteen million, opening weekend of twelve million, Mm -hmm. which kind of surprised me. In the USA, thirty point three million, and in the world, thirty seven point six million dollars.
1: But that was all on the back of H2O and how well that did. Yeah, I think so. Because you know, as we as we. As we talked about in the, in but the when last you, because I, I can we, remember
0: yeah. seeing a preview for this movie,
1: uh-huh.
0: <laughs> and being really surprised, yes, yeah. because the last time we saw Michael Myers, his head was chopped off, one, <laughs> and it just felt like a, but quick... but you know better by now, right? Yeah, I right, mean... <laughs> right, right. But it felt like a quick turnaround too, and of course yeah. you're seeing they're front loading a lot of Jamie Lee Curtis. <laughs> in yes. those previews so i was i was surprised by all of this but then obviously the the preview is going to show you that like buster rhymes is involved in Dangertainment and like these kids are going into the house <laughs> not and tom I... scarrett this time buster yeah yeah buster rhymes is involved yeah <laughs> and so too involved yeah i might say <laughs> yeah well, the, at least the two of us um so you had you and had anyone this. Who you definitely, live in upon watching that preview, you had a sense of, uh oh, <laughs> I don't yeah. think we're continuing on to a good place. <laughs> so <laughs> you're right in the sense that it's it's building on on the back oh, of H2O, but, yeah. but
1: but I still the think like I'm surprised
0: that. that it made that much money.
1: Yeah, well, I mean, I suppose. I, I hear what you're saying. Like that, there must have been grumblings prior to the film happening, and of course, it was supposed to come out much earlier. It was supposed to be an even quicker turnaround than it was. Yeah,
0: right. Because it, it was supposed for, to come out in two thousand one.
1: Right, uh, September <laughs> September two thousand one. Yeah. In fact, um, <laughs> probably that, a, probably a good. I mean, it, probably wow. a good job. It didn't. um yeah. For for several reasons, but I I think just that disparity of of HDO rescued the series from direct to video hell that the fact that it that it was a even a theatrical franchise right. at this point was sort of enough to kind of uh, get this get this audience on board right um that's that's what i attribute i mean to. i was there <laughs> well, <laughs> no I surprise mean, there you know your 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 ticket is in the bag. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> they deduct what it, they deduct the price right, of they your don't ticket even count from it the box. Yeah, they don't even count it. <laughs> but it's 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 as close to like <laughs> it's as close to like a fixed amount of money in economics as there is. Now, I also
0: yeah, you're absolutely right. I also <laughs> I I you know. Sort of moving on here, I'm pretty sure I have this right because it's been a while since I made my notes. Yes. But I have a note here that I think Rick Rosenthal directed a, a sequel that I suppose we'll have to deal with at some point called The Birds 2, Land's End. Yes, he did. But he, under the name Alan Smithy.
1: Yeah. Which I just love. I've been, that has been on my list for a watch along for quite some time. Ah, so I think we will get there. Availability has been a problem, right. surprisingly. Um, <laughs> I don't think only anyone wants that film out there, um, <laughs> except the two of us. Right, but I mean that's interesting in a number of regards. It's it's another Rosenthal sequel. Obviously, Hitchcock is usually influential on Halloween, and this is a an actual and you know an official Hitchcock sequel. Um, mm-hmm. So. That that will be a that will be an interesting counterpoint to his work in Halloween. I think.
0: Yeah. All right. Well, let's start at the beginning. Tom, do you have any credit notes? Because this is interesting. You kind of have credits and a cold <laughs> open followed by the title. So where does, this, o- where does this where does this land cold in cold our open, Imbass world?
1: Let, let's let's start. let's let's not call it a cold open. In any, if this film was made five years later, this would be an internet short. Yeah, <laughs> right. This is an entirely self-contained
0: short film. You know what I was thinking about last night? That by the time you get to the end of this film, you have completely forgotten the beginning of this film. Right,
1: and uh, one of the early they, it literally has... is
0: a self-contained story that just ends. Yeah, seventeen yeah. minutes into the move into the
1: film. Yeah, absolutely. It's um it's it's an interquel, right? I mean, yeah, right. They, they I I I think part of the well, there's 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 the main reason this exists is a twofold. One, to retcon the ending of the last film in which Michael Myers definitely died. Yes. Uh and secondly to make it look as if Jamie Lee Curtis is the star of this film. Okay. Yeah. those are the two major reasons that this exists but given that that those you know two worthless criteria <laughs> is what's motivating this 15 minutes of film uh-huh. I actually quite enjoy it I think, I I think it's too. got some really good qualities in it and Larry Brand the screenwriter I says, was this just
0: going to say because he was he, in the he book said, this he's is talking the... about how this is the one part of his script that's pretty yeah. much untouched yes and by the way, going back to I think our last episode, Larry Brand is the uh writer who really fucking hates Bob Weinstein. Remember I couldn't remember which one it was? Oh yeah. And it's him for sure.
1: <laughs> yes, I read that interview too. It's um I like the idea I like the idea that there was a there was a number of like yes men at Miramax just yeah. anticipating the idiotic decisions that that Weinstein was going to make. Who Larry
0: Brand says, I'm not even sure he can read.
1: Yeah, exactly. But I like <laughs> I like the idea that there are people out there just trying to think like Weinstein. Right. Like to just to save them the trouble of having to redo whatever it is he wants to do. That's a good idea said no one ever. <laughs> Let's
0: think like a Weinstein.
1: I know. Fuck. It all it all looks so shady in retrospect. Yeah. Um so has not yeah. aged well? No, so I mean, I, I. The sort thinking, of think but
0: not this front
1: scene. I think this front scene does age fairly well. It 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 ages very well, and and in a way, I think I think it it helps that it's self contained, and it helps that it has yeah. a beginning, and a middle, and an end. And you know,
0: they give a lot of play in that book about the unenviable task of trying to put Laurie Strode into this movie and end her story all in the first fifteen minutes. Yeah, and they talk about it like it's. Uh, a terrible task that didn't come off well, but I actually think—oh, they did the best with it. They absolutely they, could. Yeah, I mean, I think they—I think it actually works. Well, that's
1: it. I mean, it, it, it basically the only they thing it doesn't
0: down. do is help the rest of the film because <laughs> all we've done—all we've known of Michael Myers is I have to kill some sort of family member. Yes, and it's like he finally gets Laurie Strode and goes, "I guess I'll go home." And then that's where this movie plays out.
1: Yeah, you yeah. know. Well, and also, well, hasn't he been living under the house for? I don't under know. The stairs style?
0: But let's not forget, she she's got to be in a sanitarium, probably
1: in California, right? <laughs> so, <laughs> I don't want to get into geography at this yeah. point. All I know is we're back in Haddonfield, right? Okay. Another
0: thing I noticed for this en- film it's a town though, big Tom, enough to
1: have a university apparently.
0: Yeah, right, exactly.
1: But, but another uh, before, thing I noticed yeah, was that
0: uh Haddonfield is not really much of a character in this movie, probably more than any of the
1: other movies.
0: It's just the house, right? It's yeah. just
1: the it's literally the, it's the, literally the house. well, that
0: and the and the college.
1: That and the college, yes. Yeah. Um
0: neither of which what was it called? Haddonfield Hills University? I th- no, just
1: Haddonfield to... University.
0: I seem to remember an
1: HH somewhere. Oh, I don't know what that is. All right. Um, well, I do actually. So I know we started talking about it, but I do have some credit notes, obviously, because because I'm me. Yes, <laughs> you're you. Uh, we <laughs> go straight. Why do you think to... I asked? I know, I know, I know, but so I start. I just, you know, this is not a cold open. This is a, uh, this is a fifteen. Minute it, is, it is an
0: interqual. You're really it's right. A
1: fif- it's a fifteen minute movie. Yeah. Um, it's all the Halloween elements boiled down to fifteen minutes of screen time. Mm-hmm. Um. We go straight into the carpenter theme, and then there's like an early digital era attempt to reproduce the look of the original titles. Yeah, which, I, I that's which, my which, note, which shrouds this movie in a veil of cheapness from the beginning. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then <sighs> you know the cre- the credits them, the titles themselves, the credits in the titles are fascinating because you know it's bookended by. Uh, contemporary non-acting celebrities, right? <laughs> sort of, so we've got, we've got like, leg, no, and legacy characters. So it's like Jamie Lee Curtis, Buster Rhymes, Tyra Banks. So you're like, some of these sure. people are great, you know, great film stars. Others are not even actors. It, it's like a really yeah. weird sort of, you, you're getting a sense of how the film is going to run the gamut. Some
0: are getting shit for the mistakes they're making hosting Dancing with the Stars.
1: Yes, exactly. <laughs> but also, do you know why uh sean sean patrick thomas is a special appearance no <laughs> i have no idea like i, I like when i saw it, i was like well i assume it's a like it's a cameo i mean i don't know who this guy is but okay <laughs> apparently his experience his I th- appearance is I special the same thing because it's like you know it's all i could think of Isn't is there like... a
0: sean patrick flannery like a isn't that yeah, the but that's we a different know?
1: name. There's no way you're gonna it, get confused, I, I was, and I, one is black and one is white. I mean, it's not know. gonna.
0: <laughs> but I was, I kept thinking, were they playing on that? Like, did they think because Sean and Patrick are the same that
1: it's somehow? It, it baffles it baffles me because that made me think he was good. You know that he was. Well, I mean, it baffled me because like I don't know how with with the greatest of respect to this actor why this appearance would be special yeah um but also i expect him to be in a you know in a small part of the movie rather than the big part of the movie but he's in the whole movie <laughs> yes. effectively yeah he's as close to a main character as we get as we so get I, I don't i because don't because this
0: movie that. is constantly forgetting who its main character should be
1: right right and uh, that is that is a problem that is a mark against the movie yeah um I like that, I mean, we're back in the. We're back in a tunnel in an asylum. Yeah. So we're already we're cycling through those Halloween films that no longer exist. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, particularly the ones Miramax made. Right. Uh, which is like so you know, like well, we're thinking of Smith's Grove in the original, but also the Cult of Thorn. I mean, is just as present here. I think in mm-hmm. the way that these tunnels are shot. Absolutely. Um, I love the fact. But that I we kind tr- of.
0: I kind of like the dialogue, that voiceover
1: of Jamie Lee Curtis about the door well, and all that. I got to tell you, it's it's <laughs> having, having seen it, having watched these films together, it's my preferred Jamie Lee Curtis voiceover in right. of these, of these final five films. Um, I love the fact that we track past a man in a wheelchair who looks just like John Carpenter as we see his creator credit on screen. That can't be an accident. <laughs> right. Um, and you know, there's a lot. of Obviously, there will be very soon a lot of retconning. Oh yeah, like done very fast. My note is I called it a retcon extravaganza. It is, it is. <laughs> but at this point, at this point, you sort of it actually feels, uh, continuous because you sort of like, well, this is you know this this is well, where Laurie would be because, because she of, yeah. took a cop's gun and cut a man's head off. Right. Um. What so what kind can of you fo- do? We're following her psycho narrative. This is before we know the fact that she's killed a completely innocent right. emer- <laughs> EMT worker. Uh, <laughs> which no one saw coming. Um, no one saw coming.
0: I got so- I got a question for you. Okay. <laughs> I've seen this movie, I don't know, at least a half a dozen times. Oh, uh, yeah, I'll probably I'm the same. And until last night, thinking about the movie, because we have this... this this idea of the of the EMT with a crushed larynx right uh-huh. of course. so so he can't speak he can't say <laughs> yeah. hey
1: i'm not michael myers and that's why he was lovingly reaching out
0: my question is literally until last night i don't know how it's like a magic trick that this movie performed because until last night <laughs> i thought instead of reaching out why the fuck aren't you just taking off that mask <laughs>
1: Yes. Okay. (laughs) Well, you know, there was probably a deleted scene where Michael gorilla glued it to his face or something like that. That was the
0: same thought I had. I just pictured him with, like, the crazy glue. Well, the (laughs) elephant in the room
1: here is that this, this was not an... Even though it may it, it seems like an invention of this movie. No, it was an invention con. of the last movie. They, it was an invention of the last movie. It was the only way they could get yeah. uh, Mustafa Arcade to sign off on Michael Myers dying was to film this famous. And they ending. had finished filming and went back,
0: like literally the day after, I think. Yeah. To film Michael Myers standing with a knife. Yeah. Just without his mask on. Still pretty suspicious in a <laughs> in a courtyard full of people.
1: Yeah. Um, so that placated him, but, you know, it, it, it that became the, that, and uh, they had a, you know, they they had a contractual obligation for Jamie Lee Curtis to appear in 30 yeah. seconds of the next movie, and they managed to negotiate a few more minutes out of her. Yeah. Um, and that's, so that's what we have here. This is and the I also will say this. That. I don't
0: think it, I was really looking on this watch, and I don't, it doesn't seem to me like she's phoning it in. Oh God, no! She gives her a she gives a a fine performance.
1: I'll go you one better. I think I think this is where uh, she and Rosenthal basically cast off the specter of uh, Laurie in Halloween two. Because you know she's initi- <laughs> when you see her kind of semi-comatose, in, a- in the psych ward, you're like, "Here we go again." Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Old Rosenthal <laughs> likes to put Laurie in a hospital <laughs> bed really so she can't her and drug moving. her up and drug her up so she can't do anything. And uh, you know she springs into action in a way that I think is a is a specific riposte to that criticism. Yeah. I mean, she does end up dying in the process, but not without a not without a fight. Um, yeah, but, uh,
0: but also in a classic horror way, making stupid choices.
1: Yeah. Um, the nurses here are a special guest exposition.
0: I, (laughs) this is what I was just going to bring up. I like nothing more than,
1: well, you'll know all the gossip soon enough. (laughs) (laughs) You know what I wrote here? You know, in defense of, in defense of this. You know, given that it is special guest exposition. Yeah. I still say it's organic ish. <laughs> <laughs> like at least one of them doesn't know the story. Yes. At least right. there is there is a like, oh no, tell me. It's yeah, not like right. <laughs> I have much worse examples in the next film Where of exposition. Both people know and are still talking about. Yeah, it. when expert people are saying, "Of course you remember that," and you know, oh, yeah, you remember. Didn't he you remember when you, yeah. you remember when you were president of the United States. That kind of dial, that kind right. of dialogue. But here, it's like one of them genuinely doesn't know and wants to find out. Yeah. I mean, that's not bad exposition. It's not great, but it's not bad. <laughs> <laughs> and and it's not exposition because it's posing as exposition and recap, but yeah. it, it actually it is reinventing everything that happened at the end of the last film. <laughs> it's many imbases all at once. Yeah. <laughs> um. So I also, I, it's fine. Yeah, I mean, <laughs>
0: yeah. special guest exposition followed by I. <laughs> It's always straight because, you know, the last movie did this as well. You know, there's this moment where Lori's looking out the window and she sees Michael Myers just standing there staring at her. Yeah. And then we cut to Lori and cut back outside and there's nothing there. Yeah. Which would seem to denote that she's hallucinating,
1: except he is there. <laughs> yeah, he's there. Well... I mean, I think the way that they rewrite franchise history here is a perfect opportunity to introduce an entirely new and new looking Michael Myers. Yes. The uh, and, to, and I don't know if you want to talk masks this early, but um, whereas the whereas the H2O mask had absolutely no contours... This mask has too many contours. Too too Too, much. Too 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 many. It's too too many contours. (laughs) Um, It really... (laughs) I mean, it looks like... uh... You know what
0: else I noticed about this mask? They painted in the eyebrows brown.
1: (laughs) My God. Doesn't
0: help. It's not good. And there are so many moments (laughs) where it almost looks like he's got a flat
1: top. Yes. You know? At one point, there were so many ridges in the mask, I thought... did. Did instead of using Shatner, did we like use a chimp's mask instead <laughs> to like to as the as the template? And it doesn't help to watch him walk
0: through a door.
1: Yes, <laughs> I don't know. I mean, after seeing that Amityville, Amityville Two, where you know it's sort of like Steady Cam, but you have to open the door. I'm like, oh, yeah. fine, uh, why not? You know. Uh, and then we get LL Not Cool Jay. Right, one of the, this guy's. Yeah, let's have another. Let's have another African American security guard. The last time it works. Well, we also hint. we
0: get we get some classic Rick Rosenthal watching Michael Myers on the CCTV. Yeah, yeah, definitely. He loves that. He does. And then of course Michael is going to get both of these guards, but this is this is this this is the weakest part of this entire front scene for me because. You can physically see the room. (laughs) So, (laughs) the black guard in astonishingly... LL Not Cool J. LL Not Cool J has to stop at the candy machine because he hasn't had dinner. (laughs) The other guard is... who They think they're getting the John Wayne Gacy guy back into his room. And we hear a terrible, frightening scream. Mm -hmm. Now... The other, you know, LL Not Cool J gets from his candy machine into that room in under 10 seconds. And in that time, Michael Myers has beheaded someone, laid his body on the floor, put his head in the dryer, started the dryer, and kind of climbed up into the rafters. Yeah. All of which you could see from the hallway you're entering from. Yeah. And the movie doesn't really hide that fact, but still tries to get like him creepily walking up to the dryer and opening yeah. the door and, oh my god, the head. Meanwhile, he's lowering down just like he did in the last movie, and he trips over a body, but now he's not yeah, behind he's,
1: him anymore. He's using his new descending-from-the-rafters superpower that he gained in the in H2O. Right. Yes. Also, what is up with all the beheadings? Why is decapitation <laughs> become my- Michael's go-to his, kill his method? His go-to kill. He's not. This is not the only time he's gonna do that in this movie. Um, you mentioned the John Wayne Gacy guy. Yes, Harold. Harold. Uh, this this is probably my favorite thing about this part of the movie. Right. <laughs> this guy. I mean, it, it. You know, it's the beginning of the the meta part of this movie, right? Because uh-huh. because we, you know, his he's obsessed with famous serial killers but we also know that that is standing in for fandom of the halloween franchise as well like the people who are michael myers nuts um and you know talk about kill counts and all that sort of Mm -hmm. stuff and here's this guy who's relating true these true crime statistics (laughs) i think i think i mean it's you, you you're absolutely right that this scene has nothing to do with the rest of the movie, but this is kind of as close as we get because it's it's sure. like it's a it's about the media world around serial. It's about killers, the media world, and then they, which well, is what the rest of the movie is going to be about.
0: I mean, we'll get to it, but or I'll just say it now. We also have this. I love the idea that Michael Myers feels the need to
1: frame him. You see, I. That's the weird thing. Like, I read that in Taking Shape, and that was the first time I clocked that. It's absolutely true. It makes total sense. Oh, because... I remember clocking it the first time I saw this but movie. I just, but thinking, I actually saw it. Michael I Myers it like doesn't a... care. But I, I saw it as a kind of entirely about fandom. Like, you know. Oh, like just, here's, the, here, you know, it's here's like, your souvenir. <laughs> it's like, you know, you're, you're, you're sort of like, you, you're such a, you know, basically paying back the fan. It's like giving him his autograph, basically. Yeah. Which I guess it does work on two levels, but yeah, the literal meaning of that is like because no one's like, hey, by the way, Michael Myers just just kind of worked right. his way through a sanatorium, so maybe pull the plug on this dangertainment haunted house for maybe one year. Yeah. Um. So you. But well, that's to be right. literally the
0: only reason for it, because we're we're the rest of the movie is going to be reality TV based, and if yeah, if they think Michael Myers is out and about then then they won't that's, be able to go into the true. house that's true i
1: just like i like the i like the and you know and it's fair to say that there's a lot of interplay between what is what is real and what is fake what is mediatized and what is reality in mm-hmm. this that that's, that's how this movie works and this is a kind of this is a, probably the first moment of that and you know let's not forget that you know michael has to use the fake knife like <laughs> because he gave this knife away he then has to use a knife that was planted by people who are making a reality show yeah so that kind of slippage and interplay between real and fake here and the fact michael myers is is a is a fictional serial killer listed alongside a number of real serial killers yes i think thematically this this is as close as a through line to the rest of the film as you get in this sequence in this yeah in this part so now let me ask you this
0: though so you know we know that (laughs) michael michael does his run through the door bit Mm -hmm. and then he starts chasing laurie who hangs him up on the roof yeah And you had that nice little bit of exposition from the nurses saying, yeah, they keep finding her on the roof (laughs) to set this trap, obviously. And then she doesn't Doing their
1: jobs, especially. Michael Myers,
0: you know, we've talked before about Wiley Michael Myers and, and all of his plans. And of course, he he kind of grabs at his mask as though he might not be Michael Myers. So she has to check just to make sure.
1: Yeah.
0: And he takes her over the edge and stabs her in the back. Now what do you make of this kiss? Uh she kisses him before she falls.
1: Mhm. Well I I mean it's th- this is the thing and and it's interesting to see that taking shapes take on on that that they buy the idea that by reframing Mike uh, Michael Myers's death as the EMT worker that the the final seconds of H two O make more sense, but to me it already made sense. Mm-hmm. That was a brother reaching out for comfort, yeah, from his sister, and I. So I guess this is an attempt. Having retconned that, they have to do their own <laughs> right. version of that in this movie, and that, that's the that same. Yeah, and you know, it again. I think you know, we already talked about about aspects of storytelling that this movie is kind of lumbered with that it has to deal with but there's one in the overall franchise which is that that these two are brother and sister and that's got to read sometimes Mm -hmm. and you either do away with it which is what the next trilogy does does or you kind of make it work and i think both h2o and this film film within a film (laughs) inside halloween resurrection (laughs) is actually quite good at sort of making that feel like in another, you know, in another reality. It does reality. feel familial. In another reality, these two, uh, you know, they, they they would just be like uh, bickering brother and sister, but right. they really do love each other. I'll tell you what I, mean, I do like, completely though. Completely disingenuous, but, you know, the, the the idea of them as brother and sister is disingenuous. Yeah. So. I'll
0: tell you the last thing I do like, though, is that shot of her dropping.
1: Yeah a good shot I think I think this is I, I think this is fine you know I mean I think I think it I again like if it's interesting I mean this is an internet based film but
0: mm-hmm.
1: it's kind of it's in a period before we like started putting out short movies uh, that would act as teasers to releases yeah because that feels like what this is and it would have worked beautifully in that context. In that right, it's like something you downloaded from iTunes um, before, before you, you went, went into the theater. The yeah, yeah. Um, well, but it does. You know, it does its job, and I like the button of of uh, Michael giving his knife to yeah to Harold, and that you know, you know, it obviously it it it, it sews up the it it sews up the this part of the movie and make sure that it doesn't interfere with the rest, with of, the the rest of, the of the movie. With the rest of the movie, yeah, exactly. But the, and it introduces the idea of, you know, Michael as, as uh, both a real and a fictional serial killer mm-hmm. within the world of this movie, and I think that's that's actually um, really well done. Although, you know, we fade to the title, even though we've already had the opening credits. Exactly, yeah. Um, so there... The, it's this might have it might have been better for this to be because it's not even a cold open i mean as you said it's not even a cold open right in the context of the film aside from the fact that it is a complete completely its own entity its own entity and it comes, comes before the title. title sequence <laughs> but it comes yeah. before its sandwiched It comes two after two all the sequence. credits but before yeah. the title and yet is not a cold open all so right. it would have been more i definitely would have been more powerful to be a you know an absolutely ice cold open yeah. as opposed to a lukewarm one
0: all right well let's take a break
1: yeah yeah we're through the we're through f- the 50 minutes we're th-
0: through the front we're through the first movie of this we've covered an entire movie yeah. in this segment we're through the I first we... movie of these two movies in one movie and you know what you know what i think we should do talk to me why don't we pat ourselves on the back yeah
1: <laughs> let's do that
0: <laughs> all right everyone we're going to pat and then we'll be back Go ahead and check out 2 T Fitness. Tina Bernard has got you for all your needs. I know her personally. She's fantastic. You're not going to meet a better person to help you become the new you. Check it out. And we're back, ladies and gentlemen. Tom and I are here discussing Halloween Resurrection. The 2002 internet slash uh, reality television minded film of Rick Rosenthal. So when last we left, we finished the first movie of this two-part movie.
1: Exactly. You took the words right out of my mouth. (laughs) Except we didn't mention basically the the most important aspect, which is that Laurie Strode dies. She does die, yeah. Which is a big, you know, uh, it's a big, it's what we (laughs) might call a big swing. Our bad. It's what we might call a big swing. Were it not inevitable that she would, because she was contracted for literally minutes yes. of the film, um, and she was really doing it as a favour to the producers mm-hmm. appearing at all. Um, but a pre- I mean, it's a, it's a, you know, it's a good send off. She's, uh, she... she's still, she bo- still, the bottom of that knife
0: on the poster.
1: She went down swinging. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, and she was supposed to return at the end of the film to save uh Sarah. Well,
0: that was an idea of the producers and she said a uh, fuck no. Yeah, exactly.
1: <laughs> and I think it's the right I think it's the right call as much of a con as it is that she's in this movie at right. all. Uh, I'm glad that I'm glad that there isn't a, a needless resurrection. Yeah. <laughs> Beyond the film itself which is a needless resurrection. Well, it's funny because this
0: movie <laughs> this movie feels like it 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 supposes that you have to contend with the last movie. Yeah. And you don't have to. This could be a different timeline?
1: Yeah, This no, series doesn't no, care. But, but we just did that. I I mean, I'm they they need to so basically, can you imagine you've just you've just done a movie that reset the franchise? <laughs> And the next movie, you're going to do it again. Right. So that is why this Interquel exists. is to you're smooth right. the yeah. transition between the two movies. Because they're so desperate not to have to reset again after only one movie. I think. I think that's a big part I guess maybe, maybe
0: I'm retconning for the series itself because the, the series resets so many times Oh. that yeah. I'm thinking to myself, what the fuck do you care about resetting? Yeah, true. Yeah.
1: Well, uh, so we are, we're we're at
0: but... Haddonfield University. Yes. And my, my note is uh, that Sackoff is apparently a compulsive signer-upper, <laughs> signing up her friends for things they don't want to do, including going into well, a murderer's house.
1: First of all, you know, we're, after taking a film off, we're back in Haddonfield, right? Right, and this is so. So H two O is is the real outlier because it doesn't take place anywhere near Haddonfield. Right, um, closest we get is Ill, you know it's just the state that mm-hmm. it's in, um, and we're also kind of another kind of reset or callback, if you like, is. Uh, we're back in the classroom discussing a book that is highly relevant to what's about to happen. In right, the... <laughs> per always. In these and uh, movies. Th- there are no, ir- there are no irrelevant. Um, what did we get in the last one? Frankenstein, books. right? Yeah, yeah. Uh, so th- there are, th- you know, they're never reading something that that uh, it, that won't in some way play into what's going on. Of course. On. There are n- there. Are and no I believe the professor in this one movie. is actually Rick Rosenthal. Oh right. So he's got
0: his he's got he's got his Hitchcock moment. Way does, more than walking uh... a dog. <laughs> um now listen, I mentioned <laughs> earlier that this movie has twelve percent on Rotten Tomatoes. Yeah. And I can't help but think because we're we're getting into the reality TV portion of this movie.
1: Yes.
0: And its influence on culture at that time. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, my question to you is: Do you think that twelve percent is directly related to backlash against that specifically? Why are it could it why are could, we talking? Of, mean, why are we, you know, yeah. kind of leaning yeah. into this terrible thing that's ruining our
1: children's lives? Oh, interesting. Well, I mean, it's unnervingly accurate and prophetic, isn't it? Yeah, about that's what I mean. So how. And it, it it acknowledges I think I think it's ahead of the game in acknowledging quite because it's still two thousand and two, or you know, we're in the first decade of the internet being a mass medium. Mm-hmm. And this movie seems to appreciate when many others in culture don't yeah, that right. internet culture will overtake our way of behaving. Absolutely. You know, everything everything for to the do characters the...
0: in the film too like yeah, yeah exactly. Right. well
1: that's it i mean the the uh is it deckard is that his name the yes well
0: and he's he... the he's the fake not yeah. fake but he's the high school boy who is definitely I mean, lying of... to his friend and despite saving her life she's she still has the right at the end of this movie to say you've been lying to me this whole time you fucking piece of yeah. shit
1: yeah but that's the thing, like you know, everything that's going on with that character, like he's creating a fake, a fake identity online. Yeah, right. Uh, to try and impress a woman, um, he's you know he's he has this romantic so- notion of it.
0: Of, yeah, n- of and, being and like a for- knight
1: who just writes letters. Yeah, that's nice. That's uh, <laughs> and he's you know he's full for- and you know it is kind of quaint and you, but also you see him foregoing social interactions to yeah. to. To be on the internet, you know, to be like uh, an insular, you know, an introvert. Well, when he goes
0: to that party,
1: uh, he is by himself
0: and he literally draws everybody
1: else from the party in. Yeah.
0: So they all become him.
1: Right. So I actually think I, I, I think
0: it's funny that this movie definitely hooked into an idea that. Coulter didn't understand at the time. and and became something that is so prevalent even today yeah
1: and you know and credit where credit is due credit where credit is due and you know obviously there there are elements of the whole dangertainment storyline that are that are pretty kind of hokey and cheesy but as a concept you know Again, it's essentially saying that the the, the the stuff that you get sold as being reality television is largely constructed. And again, it took us years right. to figure that out. We had to, you know, we had to go through lots of lawsuits and, you know, people sort of saying they're being misrepresented mm-hmm. and people being exploited, coming out and saying they're being exploited and mentally abused. Like before, before the, the ramifications of that, the toxicity of right. that. Kind of came out, and this movie knows knows it right away. Mm -hmm. You know, this this understands that right away, and I guess that is where Larry Brand, as a screenwriter, was coming from. That's that's the way I understood it. Yeah, carries through, and I think a lot of it still carries through in the movie. It does, yeah. I'm not saying that that the movie does as much as of it as it could with this idea, but it does something with this idea. Yeah, it even has it's
0: yeah it has moments because there's cultural appropriation. Through the two well, teenage I don't
1: think, I think, costumes, I don't think that's symbolic. I don't think that's. But there is I one moment, think... Tom,
0: where somebody else at the party looks at them and says, "Nice costume." And I thought, mm. is that, is no. that a commentary?
1: Because it's, because it's Pulp Fiction, so you know the Weinstein's have said, "Let's put in a plug for Pulp Fiction," and they're like, "Really?" It's that almost 1994 a decade film later, that, though. Yeah, I know. That's exact. Exactly. That's why I'm suspicious that it was a deliberate. Attempts to talk about cultural appropriation. That was one of
0: my questions for you. Like, was no. that character no
1: commenting on the appropriation? No, it was, it was, it was, there's a white guy with a Jericho wig and a comb in his hair. It, it's <laughs> it's minstrel right, right. is what it is. I think. But anyway, we'll get we'll we'll, we'll get, get there. there. Um, we will get there. But I just it occurred but, to me that
0: there are a sect of certainly reviewers. That probably were predisposed to hate this movie yes. because they hate reality television. Definitely, and when it's didn't when it's understand what would become so important for their medium, yeah.
1: and it's like through Rotten Tomatoes and you know the internet. And the attitude of the movie is that you know this is that media is in crisis. Mm-hmm. Um, what you know what what does what does real and fictional mean anymore? Yeah, right. And that's an important debate to to have. So it's not. Well, we talked yeah, about there, that there, idea of of
0: you know an Orson Welles and War of the Worlds, and you yeah. know, convincing some people that something fake was real, and that this movie yeah. can't convince people that something that's supposed to be fake is real.
1: Well, that's it, and you know the the the, the lineage of this movie. It starts with War of the Worlds. There's a 1992 British television film called Ghost Watch, which this is very similar to, mm. uh, which is a faked reality show set in a in the most haunted house in Britain. Yeah. And they used, like, uh, similarly to this, they used real TV presenters to sell the idea that this was real, but it was just scripted drama, uh, scripted supernatural drama. I believe there's even... And, sorry, go ahead. No, well, and... and you know this is ten this is exactly ten years after that and seven years before paranormal activity mm-hmm. and paranormal activity was openly influenced by ghost watch. So this sits in between those yeah. two and it's like it's very like both of them. So the lineage of it is actually quite an interesting form of media right that is uh, sort of formally experimental and challenging. and again, not to say that that this movie is, but that's the territory it's in, whether you like it or not. <laughs> and that's and right and if you're dismissing it on the grounds that it, it's it's an empty uh like a, a sort of I guess like an exploitational use of the modern trope of internet and reality TV just to get a movie made. Okay, there's there's a part of it that's clearly that, but it does go deeper than that. Some, no, sometimes.
0: No, and I, I think it, you know, you draw you draw that lineage out long enough to today, and there's I think I, th- I yeah. believe there's a show on HBO Max called Los Spookies mm-hmm. that I haven't started yet, but as I understand it, it's a, the characters are kind of brought in to make something seem real that is fake in the supernatural world and yet there are supernatural things happening to them all the time in their personal Mm. lives that they just ignore
1: and 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 don't realize
0: are happening.
1: And that you know the two big elephants in the in the horror genre canon, Cannibal Holocaust and Blair Witch Project. Mm -hmm. Um which both both of those movies this is drawing. Yeah. Um and we're you know we're in the era of after you know post post-Blair Witch were, you know, camcorder fiction. But again, like, this is an update of that, isn't it? Because we're not using camcorders, right. we're using webcams. And I don't know when people started talking openly about webcams in, in films and then started using them as an as a sort of stylistic Choice. alternative. Yeah. But I don't think it was much earlier than this. Right. So that deserves a little bit of credit. And also, the re- you know, Rosenthal talks about the restraint with which he wanted to Use the webcam aesthetic. Yeah, and I mean, probably in retrospect, he should have done should have done slightly more. Because um, there are times where it.
0: even the filmed portions don't look much better than, the, the, than yeah, the, yeah. the you know the webcam stuff
1: anyway. But I like the fact that he's at least monitoring the idea. It's yeah. like, well, it's still a film, you know, it's still a Hollywood studio film, and you want it to look like that. that you can't. Yeah, and I mean, Paranormal Activity will be literally will change footage. that. Yeah, yeah. And Blair Witch product, Blair Witch product, Blair Witch project. <laughs> the Blair Witch product uh, of the Blair Witch project was doing pull the that cord with on the, the back. Was doing that with camcords. on the Blair, yeah.
0: on the Blair Witch product. Pull the cord on the back.
1: She'll speak to you and put you in the corner. And it's it's, you know, there's a way in which you can see that that this is both. This is both a success and a failure because sometimes the the the, the horror film aspect of this and the reality show mm-hmm. aspect of this work at odds. Yeah,
0: they they. I was just going to say that they are grating against each other.
1: Yeah, uh, and not in a, like an interesting
0: purposeful right, way. Exactly,
1: <laughs> they are actively
0: you know, fighting to... against one another
1: you know when you get to Buster Rhymes and Tyra Banks
0: I was going to say we're at that portion of the movie where yeah. we meet basically our heroes
1: question mark but, the, but but these these well these are two these are two characters played by two actors who lend the reality entertainment show part of the film authenticity Yes they do yeah but in right doing so they damage the film's authenticity <laughs> as a Halloween movie <laughs> yeah, right because they're not actually you know they're right. not that they're, they're not, uh, you know, they're not actors and they don't feel like they really belong in a in, in a Halloween, in a Halloween film. Yeah. yeah. Um, so. You know, and also, you know, and then we get into this montage of interviews with the mm-hmm. people who are going into the danger, going into the Myers house as part of this danger tainment webcast. And, you know, you're thinking immediately this is the era of mockumentary media. You know, this is the. Both the American and British office, mm-hmm. um, you know, the soon we'll have you know Modern Family, like every other sitcom, will be done in the mockumentary style. Sure, and this is clearly. I mean, we have got a lot that. of
0: popular Christopher Guest movies coming out at this time.
1: Exactly. Yeah. yeah. So you know, this this movie has its finger on the button um, conceptually, but also stylistically.
0: In a way, it's um, not really given credit for. No. But I guess you no, know I, because. Because as Buster we've, said, is as doing we've martial stated arts it's not a good face. movie but
1: <laughs> Well, back to the mortal Kombat. when someone's doing yeah. like uh, martial arts moves in your face you you, you it's difficult you to recoil. tell what's going on <laughs> yes <laughs> but again like you know what we didn't mention is that you know uh, at the beginning of the film our character is a main character is in the is in a psychology class yeah. reading Young's the collective unconscious In this interview montage, Michael Myers is referred to as the great white shark of our unconscious. So, we're giving voice to both the kind of cultural and psychological readings of Michael Myers as well. Mm -hmm. And this is kind of carrying on directly, I think, from what H2O was doing. Okay, yeah. there was a lot of psychoanalysis in there too. This idea of kind of deconstructing... Uh, deconstructing Michael Myers psychologically. Well, you know is, what's in interesting is to, what, to what the next three the next three yeah, films right. are going to be, which is depsychologize Michael Myers.
0: And what's interesting is that we're we're sort of there's a lot you know the one part we were just saying that these two things are grading against each other, hmm. but one thing that I did think that was kind of funny in that sequence is that. We're deconstructing the psychology of Michael Myers, and yet that whole scene boils down to one character's scream, which means money for Buster Rhymes.
1: And he's like,
0: this is everything I could fucking hope for. Yeah. And so those two... Well, that's
1: when when he he has that weird word soup quotable that I didn't... <laughs> which I, 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 don't, I don't know what the, I don't know what he's trying to say, um, but I think it is something along the lines of what you just said. Yeah, essentially <laughs> in that one word. <laughs> yeah,
0: but I you know that that's a little more interesting than I think I gave it credit for, where yeah. you're you know, the uh, the not the consumerism but the sort of capitalistic nature of Buster Rhymes' character boiling down all this psychology into one final scream which is dollar yeah. signs for him
1: right and you know that it's it's another way to look at this movie is is it's it's a kind of cathartic movie that's about dealing with the fact that we have commodified violence mm-hmm. and killing and like how do we square that with ourselves yeah uh, and interestingly earlier drafts like the earlier Larry Brand drafts of the screenplay would pay far more attention to that where Freddie would sort of come out Freddie yeah, Buster Run kind of come out of the movie realizing the the error of his ways. Yes. Which you of get a little bit happen, of a but... flavor of that at the end. I mean they
0: <laughs> It is very much a flavor. Yeah. Yes.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I'm not gonna call um, it an
0: honest attempt.
1: But, you know, Buster Rhymes is, is rewriting his character's right, arc yeah. so that he is uh, invincible. <laughs> so <laughs> he can't have that vulnerability. Um, but that's clearly, you know, that that's clearly on the mind of this movie. Yeah. And I think that that means and it, it is it's interesting it, and, and, and it, it comes out sometimes. Did you notice a little uh, anti-vegetarian propaganda? Oh,
0: where? In that sequence as well. Oh, it's from well, Sean Patrick Thomas,
1: where he's talking about Michael yeah, Myers probably just it, didn't it, get enough special, protein. Yeah, his special appearance. I, I kind of like that. So overall, I, I'm like, why is this guy a chef? Like, why is this guy a chef in training? And what does this have to do with the rest of the movie? Because nobody but a part. chef would know how to throw spices into Michael's eyes. <laughs> well, he does. I guess it is the det- He is like the detective, isn't yeah. he? Because he's like, these spices are fresh. Yeah. You know, it's that kind of thing. He's like, he knows the difference between fresh and old spices, <laughs> but um, but I like that part because his theory about why Michael does what he does is as valid as any other. Uh, absolutely, right? and that's yeah, absolutely. Kind of, you're right. It's it's like it's like why don't we see Michael through yeah. his food prism? I mean, sure, <laughs> that makes as much sense as anything else. He ate that dog, so he was clearly hungry. Right. <laughs> um, well, and so we get to the house, and I
0: love yeah. that when we get to the house. That Busta Rhymes is besieged by at least four reporters. <laughs> well, so this is and this is sort of the, <laughs> the... open commentary on the the capitalism over misery, yeah. right?
1: The problem is it doesn't make l- like literal sense in this historical moment. Does no, it? yeah, like, right. the The whole point of the movie is is about the rise of digital media, yeah. media, which is you know counteracts the death of traditional media mm-hmm. and yet this movie presupposes that if someone does a webcast from a from a house the the press, the press will, comes yeah, exactly <laughs> excuse me excuse me i have come. a question please yeah, i know i know <laughs> so the, the movie's just like like again it's like we're caught between two poles of like this is how you do things in an old-fashioned horror movie but you can't do it in a movie that's about how about how media how is changing over. yeah <laughs> yes <laughs> And you know, going back to the Orson Welles of it all, yeah. uh, which you know Larry Brand was explicit about. You worked for he Orson worked for him, Welles, yeah. He was so, a driver. Yeah. Um And it's when they're editing together those grainy digital point of views from the webcams. It made me in that in a split screen. It sort of made me think of uh, another Orson Welles project, an unrealized project. He wanted to film a movie that was entirely in first person mm. POV, uh, an adaptation of joseph conrad's heart of darkness so i think that is at play too you know like this That's idea i mean i i think maybe rosenthal was a little overcautious about this aspect of the film and not wanting there to be too much of this webcam footage right kind of driving the movie like distinguishing it from blair witch project and yeah from maybe a more experimental movie i mean than the one he wanted speaking, to make. but speaking to but larry do, brown
0: yeah. or brand's uh no, I mean you said Orson Welles idea of that first person. I think if for those that have seen Hardcore Harry, bad idea.
1: <laughs> well, that's why it never happened I think in his hands he might have been able to pull You're it right. off. You're right. He but, is Orson uh, Welles. He is Orson Welles. Um but but you know, I see that lineage too here. Mm-hmm. Um and you know, again, this sort of language of modern day reality television, I think is actually represented quite accurately. They talk about, you know, you'll be voted off the island. and Yeah. Um, it's it's kind of, you know... these the, They are speaking the, to the, the moment. The way that's, you know, that these these people who are in the house are not characterized very well, but no. something that you can... <laughs> but something that you... Don't, don't agree too quickly. Um <laughs> But one of the ways in which they're sort of interesting is that they are largely fame-seeking, or at least one yeah. of them is a fame-seeking reality contestant. And that's something that you can hang the characterization on that is quite interesting because that, you know, that is a character from I think you could say that, that about
0: all of them except Sarah.
1: All of them, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Sarah um, just sort
0: of found herself there because, as I right. said, her, her friend is a compulsive signer-upper. <laughs> but once we get into the house yeah, this is the weakest well, one aspect of this movie Don't speak too soon. Yeah, one aspect of this movie <laughs> We've still got we've still got bust I know, Fu, I know cut to come. <laughs> so in terms of the horror of the of the racketing up of tension and that kind of thing, yeah. uh this is where some bad filmmaking is going on because things Fake things are happening happening to characters, and whenever something fake happens, it brings you know there's a scream and it brings everybody to one location. Yeah. And then real things happen that produce broken mirrors and screams and like blood and everything.
1: Yeah. And nobody seems to hear it. <laughs> right. Yes. <laughs> you know. Yeah, there was a problem. I think you've identified a problem with uh, cinematic space in this movie. Yes. I think. I think you you you've got it. That's a that is a that is an overall weakness. Um. And, and yes, guess... there are
0: things that I really like. You know, this house looks like the house that I remember mm. from
1: the first movie. Which is thematically makes sense because it's it's supposed to be like a hyper real version of the real of, of of the house itself, right? It's a mediatized yes. version of it it's like a, you know, if you But there are things in the house that
0: that I'm curious about like i mean did so am I. build that well key thing with the with the fake torture chamber down below
1: um no well so i i thought because that's a lot of work it made me think i mean i thought i've always thought that that was the movie telling no one else seems to think this so i must be alone that it's telling us michael's been living under the house the whole time which I think is well, that's the other thing, idea.
0: though. So you have you have those the two characters who, by the way, decide to fuck in a torture room, but yeah, but then the wall caves in on them with bodies. Yeah. And I'm forgetting. Is it Nora? No, that's Tyra Banks. Jen. No, that's Katie Sakoff. Who's the Who's the redhead?
1: I've been trying to remember a name too. Ah. Uh, D- Donna, all no, right, Donna, Donna. Yes, Donna. Daisy, Daisy, Daisy McCracken. Da- yeah, Daisy McCracken. <laughs> what a name! I know. Get McCracken. She's great. I, I like her. I, until until she eventually succumbs to the predator, uh, I think. She, yeah. <laughs> I think her her reaction, you know, the way that she fights off, um, her objectification is a really good message of like feminism I do and too. higher education. Yes. Until, until she, succumbs she succumbs to Predator to it, Yes. But it's a, you know, 2002 movie. So, so you have
0: you have to lower your expectations.
1: Yeah. But
0: when that fake wall comes in and buries them in the fake skeletons, which has all been set up by Dangertainment, Yeah. Then there's another wall behind that. And so I'm thinking to myself, well, now, wait a second. <laughs> like, if you were setting up that wall, you would see that wall behind it with the hole yes. in it that leads to Michael Myers' bed. Yep. So uh, you got to do a lot again, of
1: again uh... space. <laughs> it's a, yeah, it's a space issue. Yeah, yeah. Uh Yeah, it's. I I I agree with you. I think. I uh, this is about where we start to cross cut with the party.
0: Yeah, because the the uh, the two teenage the high school boys are at their high school party.
1: Mm-hmm. Um, I like
0: that you see two male football players dancing with each other and bumping chests oh. that seemed more progressive than 2002 was going to allow
1: yeah and, and this is where we get the sort of the meta audience right yeah. like it's going to be an audience so we're an audience watching an audience watch the webcast which uh not the most exciting again, it, thing well it's so it's, it's very it's difficult good, to I mean, put
0: on film people watching film and assume that yeah. we're going to be interested
1: and there's two ways you can look at this. I think you can sort of, you can look at it as, as feeding into the meta quality of the you film. You can, yeah. Or you can sort of think of it as in that more sort of cynical P.T. Barnum, you know, just a way to hype up the actual cinema audience. Mm-hmm. And so that, you know, you filter our reactions as a... As a you know, as a movie yeah, but audience, as the as we as physically present as a
0: movie-going audience, we know what they're seeing is real, and it takes them a long time to figure that out. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, <laughs> yeah.
1: Um, but you know, the moments where they're questioning the reality of the kill, yeah, I think is quite, I think it's quite interesting given the themes of the film. Yeah, I do too. Uh, and the you know the sort of you watch um you know direct address to us to the in-world audience us at the same time it's kind of an interesting interplay i mean not all is done with it that it could be done with it sure um but it's not bad i like i like that dimension um to the uh to the film uh yeah, I mean, overall, I, also, I think it, you know what you know what else it made me wonder about whether this this film was ahead of the game on is escape rooms. When did they start? Oh yeah, becoming That's popular because because this to me is the classic escape room scenario, is it not? I mean, there's like a especially when you get into the key to the I didn't hatch. make that. Yeah,
0: that 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 key part. I really should have hooked into that. I never gave it a second thought because this guy so. has had nothing but sex on his mind and. He turns away from possible sex with Donna. By the way, uh, yeah, that's Luke Kirby, who's Jim, and he's like he's Lenny <laughs> Bruce on uh, the marvelous Mrs. Maisel.
1: Yeah, he's in a lot of um, David Simon stuff as yeah. well. He was in the Deuce. And at any rate, he goes.
0: Yeah. He, he he thinks he turns down a Donna well, kiss. I mean, to... I mean,
1: we've got Starbucks in this. That's movie, true. We yeah, we so. do. <laughs> to go get uh,
0: to go get a key. Mm-hmm. to open up that secret fake torture room who that might be real but might have been built yeah. by Buster Rhymes it's hard to say and this
1: you know it's it makes me think like you know there there are definitely i don't know if we've gone full haunted like theme park haunted house in this series yet yeah right that's another uh, level that this that this idea works on but i do
0: feel as i'm watching it i feel like the movie is struggling to, yes, keep Michael Myers
1: out of their line of vision. I, I didn't even, I didn't even need to yeah. <laughs> finish the sentence. Sorry. <laughs> yeah.
0: So to keep him out out of the character's way for as long as they try to keep him out of the way, yeah, uh, it, it it struggles. It, you can you can feel the strain.
1: You can definitely you can definitely feel the strain. I think. I think this film is—it's not as bad as it could have been, right? But and it, it's, it's also not as bad it's as not people as good think as it, it, it is. It's not as good as it should be given the context. Yeah. Given the concept. Yeah. Uh, but uh, you know, it's 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 kind of it, it's interesting. Um, this is well, I mean, at least in my notes, this is where uh, Buster and Michael meet each other. Meet um and you know they that he's cute. twisted <laughs> yeah and you know that you know that uh, they've twisted the plot so Buster Rhymes looks incredibly brave standing up to Michael Myers right. even though it's just a total coincidence. He thinks it's someone he's else. He's tapping him on and the there's forehead. No way, there's no way he would talk like that to the actual right. Michael Myers. <laughs> um, and you know he goes around saying he's the only person that ever got Michael Myers to back off. You know, you know, it's right. always like that's his like main story whenever he meets anyone.
0: But my question for you is, I mean, is that moment even earned? Like, would Michael Myers, why would Michael Myers walk away in that moment?
1: He's confused. He's confused as to why Buster Rhymes is in his movie. Like the rest of us.
0: Well, like late,
1: you know, in the in in the second meeting between the two, where you get the kung fu. Yeah. He cocks his head. He does the signature cock of you know dog cock of the head. Right. And it's the first time that I understand what that means because he's like literally. What the fuck what is, is happening? this in front of me? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I, I, if you, were, if, if you know, we don't know the exact instances of how Buster Rhines commandeered the storyline to this film. Right. I suspect this is one of those instances where he's like, I refuse to be like, uh, I, I refuse to leave this scene as the loser. Yeah. It feels very much like that because it doesn't make, you're right, it doesn't make sense in any other way and then he has bragging well rights. but i it's also like think i think i also ever... think there's
0: a portion of this movie where they are going for comedy in a way tonally that doesn't match the rest of the film and th- and this is one of those moments i think they meant it as something to be funny
1: it's interesting that the next film doubles down on this exact moment given how unpopular and unsuccessful it is mm. That's another question, but I completely agree. I, I, well, it's, yeah, I guess it isn't. It isn't a movie that is particularly, yeah. When it when this movie goes for comedy, it, it generally fails pretty spectacularly. Yeah. Um. I mean,
0: well, but we're not there yet. But the ending. Especially. Yeah. I tell you what. Um, why don't we take another break? Let's take a. Let's let's. Uh, that's just occurred to yeah, me. Yeah. Let's that, reset. That it's, yeah, <laughs> New
1: timeline!
0: Right. We'll take a little break, everyone. Michael Myers is a sperm. Yeah. <laughs> and we'll, we'll be right back after this.
1: I like to think I know something about beer. They're on Facebook. They're on Instagram. They'll try new beers. They'll tell you about beers. Think of them as your beer sherpas, guiding you up a foamy-headed mountain to reach the peak of your pout. God, I need a beer.
0: And we're back, ladies and gentlemen. Tom and I are uh, here discussing... Halloween resurrection after our self-imposed break and reset <laughs>
1: <laughs> not unlike these movies well if, if uh <laughs> if this section of the movie is anything to go by right. um, we're keeping the the cult of thorn storylining count. yeah because there's there's tunnels under this house so
0: th- this was my next question for you <laughs> What do you think of all these tunnels underneath Michael That's, Myers' house? I mean, I'd like. I is he to a me, mason? Was... <laughs> <laughs> what is going on? Because, because if to, it was like, I mean, to me it was just like you know, if it if, if it was if it was a tunnel, if it was like a Stallone Last Blood tunnel, yeah. I think I might. There's a lot of racism. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay, but racism aside, I, I think I would believe it more. But there's, you know, there's brick in this thing.
1: Yeah. There are uh, gates. I mean, and... it, it screams curse of Michael Myers to yeah. me. I mean, I don't know what else to say. Like, I, I got the um, the overall impression, not thinking about it too hard, that, you know, we've got 20 years of Michael Myers activity to account for. He's been under the house the whole time, you know, Just, and, and that's the sort of... I like that idea. Yeah. I don't know if the movie's fully committed to it in the way it needs like to be. I'd like to see
0: a scene of him in the backyard, Andy Dufresne style, putting putting dirt out into the right. pasture with through his pants.
1: I don't know. Maybe the tunnels go to Smith's Grove and, you know, that's where yeah, uh, right. That's where the cult is waiting for him. I don't know. That's what it feels. it feels like a that they're leaning I don't know if they're trying to, if they're thinking ahead of movie thinking we could develop this next mm-hmm. time uh, cuz in
0: a classic not. genre <laughs> sort of way it it would be really sp- it's spooky, right? It could be very spooky. Yeah. It's,
1: it's if more uh, was made sp- out of it
0: from the characters cuz Donna walks into it just sort <laughs> of like, "Hmm, this is interesting." <laughs>
1: But this is the thing isn't it this, that's the downside of this um of this meta storyline Yeah, is that you've got to have a stylistic way of distinguishing what Buster Rhymes has put in the yes, house right. to make it spooky versus what is the organically making the house spooky and they look exactly they look the, the same. same and they the other and part no one too can is
0: I know you know when Donna go, walks down the hall and she sees that kind of a raggedy Ann doll with the two screws in its eyes. You yes. know what it reminded me of? It reminded me of that scene in season five of The Wire mm-hmm. where the editor is saying, How tell how come every time I send this fucking uh photographer to a fire, that yeah. I always see a burnt doll. Yes, <laughs> That exactly. he took out of his truck. That's it felt it felt just as uh placed as everything else Buster Rhymes had placed yeah.
1: in in the the entire house added to the storytelling problem of we never get a clear sense of like exactly when the danger tainment tampering stops and where the Michael Myers living under the house if indeed that is the case begins (laughs) and there Um, are like so
0: much of this portion of the movie there's convenient plot holes Donna gets impaled on part of the bent fence Mm-hmm. <laughs> the the iron fence, the wrought iron fence, uh, but she conveniently yeah. doesn't see the ladder that Sarah sees later in the movie when she's stuck <laughs> down there. I mean, it's
1: just a foot away. Yeah, it's like it's sort of video game logic <laughs> yeah, almost, right. isn't it? It's sort <laughs> of like it's like things that space is change. It's like space is changing all the and time. And I also
0: love that 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 ladder leads just right to the garage. You know, my Michael mm-hmm. is like, so I can be near my tools.
1: Right. <laughs> Again, it's like the the murder garage from a There you two. go. Uh, it's so. I w- like I, I I've noticed as well that there's a so that Jamie Lee Curtis's role in the film is not finished yet because we have to look at a photo yeah, of her. Right. I knew I, I actually in... have a note
0: that you would have a note about that.
1: Yes. <laughs> Even in a film in which she appears there's still a photo of her. Of course. Her. That's how that's how, that's sequel, how strong the... That's
0: how sequel like this movie is.
1: Yeah, this how strong the the, the sequel invas force is. in this
0: movie is strong.
1: Yes. <laughs> it is. <laughs> um I mean, this is—I don't know if this is what you're alluding to in terms of you know Freddy's defense of the morality of what he's doing. Where he says that you know, you know, if this is entertainment. You mean when they if catch we don't him? Have some. Well, he he talks he talks about. I think is it him talking to Sarah. He sort of said, "You know, I'm." Um... Well, there's that
0: moment where he attacks three of them. Hmm. And <laughs> what my note in that scene was he attacks them as Michael Myers. They kick him in the balls or something like that. And he says,
1: they do kick him in turn the balls, off yeah. your
0: camera. And they all just immediately do so that they can have this private conversation. Yeah.
1: Well, he, cause, cause he if Michael Myers that, was in a mask yes, and
0: attacked to... me and said, turn off your camera. I'd be like, fuck you, Michael. <laughs> yeah. You
1: yeah. Know, well let's say, you know, real versus fake Michael again. Yeah, it is, it? yeah. Um But uh, is that the moment you're talking
0: about when he's saying no, I have the, the a robust end for is... us and like play along with me or Yeah, he's well he sort of says that, you know. Oh, because that's actually now ent- that I think, that's not an apology at all. <laughs> that's no that's let's keep well, doing but it. He, he,
1: yeah. <laughs> he says this is entertainment yeah. if we don't have like if we don't preset something we run the risk of nothing happening and who wants yeah, you to get a real Al and then in, mind, like, it, then in my mind i was like but in my mind i was like he, what he's basically describing is paranormal activity <laughs> <laughs> this hit movie from seven years later <laughs> so freddie in addition to everything else is completely wrong about the way that media is going <laughs> that's great um and it, yeah it's I, I guess this is like the you know, I think I said this before. If you it, They're using horror to make sense out of this changing landscape of media and broadcasting. Sure. He talks about the first Internet Emmy, how, you know... Uh, the, yeah, you know, right. The Reality TV. Basically, we're trying to distinguish reality TV from cinema through this. The, and, you know, it's like are the two bleeding into each other. Are they different? How are they different? Um, and... Then it's just a bunch of knives and decapitations mm-hmm. for a while. Uh, Kenny Sackhoff <laughs> um, gets her sack off. Great model head. Yeah. But, I again, why is this movie so obsessed with lopping people's right. heads off? It's like the French Revolution or something suddenly. It's also,
0: I have um, to imagine, very difficult to get through a whole neck and the bone with one kitchen
1: knife. I don't think it comes off that cleanly. No matter
0: it? No matter how strong you are. No matter what supernatural Uh, strength you have, but...
1: Yeah. And then Michael picks up the fake knife, and that becomes his real knife, which is a nice little Mm -hmm. circular... Again, as close as this movie gets to a through line. (laughs) (laughs)
0: Because we have that moment in which uh, Sean Patrick Thomas, he gets nailed up against the door. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. These movies really have a real fetish with Michael pinning someone up against a door. I mean, sure, yes. straight from the first movie. So mm. ever since that first movie, it feels like the calling card for all the other sequels is we've got to have somebody nailed up against the wall. Yeah, it's interesting. Which, by the way, I don't... That's got to be a difficult thing to do. I don't think the body yeah. would stay there very long. <laughs> Bodies are heavy.
1: I wonder, I wonder why... Way heavier I wonder than a why... one
0: weight-bearing knife. Yeah, true. Even um, if Sean Patrick gets two knives, he gets two.
1: What one area where the um, the you know the movie gets the future wrong is it depicts the internet as the solution to yeah. all our problems, <laughs> as opposed to That's the cause just... <laughs> of it. Because as long as weirdos are watching our every move online online, we're safe. safe. I noticed that there's
0: one moment when she gets back in the house and and it's after Buster Rhymes has pushed him uh, out a window or the balcony, you know, where he hangs yeah. him. And mm-hmm. then Michael cuts himself down and they say he's he's back. He's in the house. Yeah. Or they say, where is he? And then. The response on the what is it, a Palm Pilot? It's a yeah. Palm Pilot. Yes. The Palm Pilot says in the house. And they turn around, yeah. and Michael Myers is right there. I, wa- I might have written right behind yeah. you. Yeah, 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 yeah. Is <laughs> uh,
1: this is kind of this is sort of interesting too because it's sort of like uh, extremely. It's like interactive media. Mm-hmm. They're trying to sort of do some form of interactive media within the frame. Right, of this because this is the moment where is... everybody
0: in the room. Gets on Deckard's side, and yeah. is trying to help him help her.
1: Yeah, tell her this. And it's it's a cross between, I think, the sort of you know, obviously, like media is moving towards interactivity, and the internet's a big part of that. Mm-hmm. But just in general, we're starting to embrace more interactive forms of media uh, at this sure. time. But also, it, if you look, if you look backwards and you look at like the the tropes of horror cinema. Then it's like it's it's just a technological version of you as the audience going no go there no no don't mm-hmm. go there go no, here right, you know right. it's like the fantasy of of being able to instruct the characters away from their demise and they actually can yeah which is part of the pleasure of watching horror films is they're just using a palm pilot and a webcast to yeah. kind of cut out the middleman basically so I like I I think it's it it makes it 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 makes sense I mean obviously the palm pilot aspect of it is dated sure. like i keep expecting him to write eat up Martha.
0: well i'll tell you the other thing that's uh, but... i'll tell you the other thing that's dated because the uh, to me the tra the tragedy of this movie in bringing buster rhymes back in such a way where he's he's permeating everything he's he's you know like I, we, we, yeah. we we didn't mention it but when he when he kicks michael out that window it's with kung fu
1: and well, that's—I mean—that's it, it, okay because it was set up earlier in the movie. Of course, yes, I understand. <laughs> I—I I get a callback, Tom. But uh, <laughs> I mean, the one thing
0: this—what what more? What more do you want? It was set up earlier in the movie. <laughs> well, Mike. I'll tell you what I want. Didn't it didn't come out of the kung fu? Didn't come out of nowhere. <laughs> no, but I'll tell you what I do want. I want the actual heroine, the last girl of the film. Yeah. To actually have agency and be doing something, they take all yeah, of that the... away from her and give it all to Buster Rhymes. She has to be saved by him at every moment.
1: Yeah, yeah, it... and
0: that doesn't sit b- very well with me.
1: Yeah, that is exactly the problem with it. The the image of him carrying out the final girl with a number of like action one liners. It's not how it's supposed yeah, to work. Yeah, right. And, and it's all—it's it not helped like by he's active. That's where it feels like he's actively harming yeah. the film. I think. And it's, Rather than well, dislike. and there
0: are other, there are a couple of, of choice, terrible choices. <laughs> uh, oh, because, yeah. You know, there's a moment where she gets into the garage and Michael is chasing her. He, you know, he's like, well, I got my tunnel. So he doesn't have to go up the ladder she went. So he comes back around <laughs> through the,
1: the front
0: garage door and she pulls out a chainsaw, which, you know, in a sort of meta textual, you know, kind of hearkening yeah. back to Texas Chainsaw Massacre, I think is kind of funny. Definitely. Uh, yeah. But it but it's is not it, good know, like, that the H- female H2O character... acknowledged
1: Jason, so now we're acknowledging Leatherface. What's that? I think that's it. H2O was acknowledged Jason, so yeah, now we're right. acknowledging Leatherface. But
0: to me, it's also uh, not helped that the female character uh, loses a knife fight in which she has a chainsaw.
1: And... <laughs> apparently if you bring a chainsaw to a knife fight you, you still, still don't, don't win. win exactly and
0: but then she gets knocked down and there's literally like one sound mixer on top of her mm. and that's just too heavy for her to get off you know she has conservatively about 20 pounds of weight on her back legs and can't yeah. seem to manage to get it off of her and save herself.
1: But this entire sequence is cultivated to make Buster Rhymes look better. Yeah, right? yeah. I mean, o- the, ob- I
0: mean, that's obvious.
1: That's the only objective of these scenes, and that's the sacrificial lamb is the final yeah. girl who should, who, you know, in both in this franchise and in horror in slasher cinema more generally, has got to emerge triumphant, mm-hmm. um, in in without anyone else's aid or mm-hmm. or help. Well, and let's talk about. Um, Let's
0: also let's also you know so there's that, but let's also frame it within the comedy that this movie's going for. There's one bit of comedy that I kind of like, and then all the rest of the comedy that I hate. When she's upstairs looking around, like trying to get out of the house, she she kind of walks back down the ladder that the American Pie kid was dead on. Uh And she's about to get down the stairs and it's actually, you think it's going to be Michael Myers, but it's Busta Rhymes that takes her and he like covers her mouth and brings her into the corner. And I kind of love that moment when he's like, oh my God, everybody's dead. What the, we have to get the fuck out of here. (laughs) That to me is really funny. I thought that was a great bit of comedy. It's
1: funny when you say it, (laughs) uh, that's for sure. Well, you know you know what? I I was so distracted by um I, I when when in seeing that scene, the first thing I thought was, does Buster Rhymes understand what whispering <laughs> is? <laughs> it's like you don't need to breathe that heavily right. when you whisper. <laughs> That's not part of whispering. <laughs> That's great. Yeah. Um but the comedy yeah, that so doesn't I, I, work
0: is this whole final fight because we bring back kung fu which does not, not last kung for fu. long so we have to go no. to electroshock into the balls
1: yeah followed by uh not that this is a comedic bit but the, the you know he gets his Buster gets his backdraft Yeah exactly and bring, brings Sarah out of the fire yeah. Uh, but again, it's the, we're in the wrong genre. Uh, total. We're in, we're in two, at least two genres we shouldn't be in right. um, at this point. Um, yeah, it's, it's determined to make himself the hero of the movie at all costs. And again, it's like, it's a, mis- a fundamental misunderstanding of how LL Cool J worked in the right. last movie. It wasn't that everything had to become subject to him. It's just that we wanted we liked, we liked the guy the, and we yeah, didn't want exactly. to see him die. Uh we did, he didn't need to come back and save the day. Um in, in quite the same way. I like the image of Michael being killed by the electricity. I did the wires. too. I, I actually quite like that. I think it worked pretty well. Because you know It kinda it reminds me of Jaws, of, the, Jaws it, too. <laughs> <laughs> the the internet kind of swallowing up the monsters of movie yeah. yesteryear. And I you like know what else the that's, other that's on message it reminded
0: me of two things it reminded me of Jaws 2 and because the wires were all hanging down it reminded
1: me a little bit of Superman 3 and Vera yeah completely yeah which is a good comparison because that is you know that's a supercomputer (laughs) and here it's the internet that's killing him um how many times has fire been used to defeat Michael three and second question how many times has it failed to do so (laughs)
0: <laughs> three and three.
1: Yeah. <laughs> Fair yeah. enough. No, no further questions. <laughs> Very good wrong. then. Um, the, li- I think it's interesting because we're not done with Buster Rhymes yet. Because no. have got to talk to the to the physical I press. Mean, well, first, I mean, we forgot
0: that <laughs> who who've come back. We forgot his catchphrase. His we forgot webcast. his catchphrase in busting into the fiery garage, which was. Happy Halloween or is it happy Halloween motherfucker? Trick or treat. Trick or treat, treat, mother trick or treat it. motherfucker. It was my
1: quotable from uh last right. from our ranking episode. <laughs> How could I forget?
0: Trick or treat cuz I think he fr- says happy halloween later. It...
1: Oh yeah. Well, followed,
0: I mean followed by he looks like a uh a uh, chicken fried motherfucker.
1: Chicken fried There's motherfucker. Mother <laughs> There's a lot Added of motherfuckers. There's a lot of to the dialogue and literally everything Buster says Michael Meyer is uh oh, li- literally everything Buster Buster says Mike he goes through a list of what Michael Meyer yes, isn't right. and it's everything yeah. that he is yeah. <laughs> yes and because i know he wrote his own dialogue i don't think the joke is what? on him i think it is i think it is purely a misunderstanding he does get it yes what exactly <laughs> is going on in in this movie and he literally, like, even in world, he steals the limelight from Sarah. The presser yes, about the exactly. Sarah. and he, he just fucking interrupts a mansplain. He, say, he says, "Hey, get away from her and talk yeah. to me." <laughs> oh, oh yeah, um, and so we see, so we see his face, right? At Man, this point? kind of, kind of melted, um. And a melted I mask guess on top is sort of his
0: face.
1: looping back to Laurie at the beginning of the movie. And again, this sort of theme of doppelganger. I guess, I guess thematically, the way that the 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 mini movie plays into the to mm-hmm. the <laughs> to, to the regular sized movie <laughs> is um, is this idea of mistaken identity and doppelgangers. Yeah, you know, there's there's like two or three different. There's a there's a real Michael. There's a fake sure. Michael. I'll uh, I'll throw <laughs> that that extends the entirety of I the mean, movie. I mean, even
0: in the mini movie, he's being mistaken for the other patient.
1: Other Pete yeah, you know, yeah, right. Uh, it's also fa- fascinating this movie ends, given that it's directed by Rick Rosenthal, it ends exactly the same way Halloween two did. <laughs> I know, it's amazing. Except with the with the good with the good sense to to put a nod into Michael being alive right. after after the hard work of of Buster, like, you know, last time I think this is a that's a good choice to have him. What do you make
0: of open his eyes. What do you make of the idea of there or at least Rick Rosenthal's want to send out three different endings clue
1: style? I don't know if I a lot of people know been... that
0: about this movie, but
1: Yeah, that's yeah. what he wanted to I... do. I think it would have been a fun sort of throwback to the kind of you know the 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 sort of 1950s yeah. you know electrocuting i don't hate and, that and idea all that at stuff. all no i don't i don't hate any anything anything especially in you know 2000s, as in like the early 2000s that brings the the theatrical experience of cinema going front and mm-hmm. center i think is a great idea yeah uh because you know we're about to lose that altogether and in the next 20 years. So I think it would have been a really, a really good marketing technique as well. Obviously. Right. Um, I'm surprised quite- that more movies haven't done this
0: since clue mm-hmm. did it. Yes. Although um, I do remember going to see clue twice and seeing the same ending and being kind of pissed. <laughs>
1: <laughs> that's, that's hilarious. Um, so, again, here's another interesting sort of timeline quirk. Yes. So, Steve, So in the last film, Steve Miner did what Rick Rosenthal did in Halloween Two, which was to kill off Michael Myers definitively, mm-hmm. and Loomis for that matter. Uh, and now Rosenthal's doing the opposite yeah, right. here. <laughs> in that he's he's giving plausible deniability to Michael being alive. Um, so it's just kind of, it's just really interesting how having, like, this partial reset that we've done. Yeah,
0: but I think, uh, you know, that probably partially speaks to where sequels and horror were at, in each time. I mean, you know, at, at this time, well, I, w- I was about to say it's almost a foregone conclusion that you want the series to go on, but... The last movie (laughs) kind of played it fast and loose with that. Uh, Or the filmmakers knew what they wanted to do in the last movie, and the producer clearly wanted to do a different thing. Mustafa
1: Akkad wanted to know. Uh, And it's, you know, it's just about keeping it. It's just about keeping it open. Yeah.
0: But my point, my point it's just, was, you
1: just, it's like you're keeping the tab. It's just keeping the, tab the tabs open.
0: But my point was in the last one, John Carpenter, we know, wanted to end it so that he could go on to Season of the Witch and do sort of an anthology kind of thing, which, of yeah. course, backfired dramatically because by that point, everybody loved Michael Myers. You can't do two Michael. You can do it after the first one. You can't have two and then try to start that. I disagree with all of that but carry on. <laughs> I'm saying that's what happened in real life.
1: <laughs> oh, okay. Yeah. I'm okay, fine. Not inside my head, yes. but yeah, okay. Thank you. <laughs> yeah, no, it's uh it's it's in, it is interesting, but I think it's you know, it, you know, it's that you're right in the sense that at this point these kind of last second jump scares have just become like they're just part of the language of these kind mm-hmm. of films. There's not, but but in relation to the Halloween franchise, obviously, there's a huge difference between making it seem as if Michael Myers is dead and get, and opening the door to him being alive. <laughs> right. Is like the difference between a lot of work for a lot of people. Yes, right. <laughs> so even this, just him opening his eyes on the table, like somebody has got a week off. Where they wouldn't have it before. <laughs> 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 All right, now
0: uh, you got a credit check for us.
1: I do, yes. Um, one of the songs in well, and, and and just to you know conform to expectations, one of the songs in the movie is called "Money Penny." Hey, hey. by a band called Serotonin.
0: You snuck it uh, in right at
1: the last moment. I did, yeah. So um <laughs> so Bond does factor into this movie. Webcams supplied by Yes, right. Now, I'm interested in knowing is this is this just the webcams that we see on screen? Or are these the webcams providing the, the image, image right. that we see? Yeah. Because that... That, that, because that's the difference between the cameras you're using to film and a prop. Mm-hmm. And as I guess, I guess it's a testament to in this film, there's a slippage between both, <laughs> right? Because really? of the meta quality of it. Uh, and all all I have le- uh, after that is it's pretty cool. They managed to sustain the Halloween theme, the, the Halloween theme throughout the credits it's, it's without until... some awful piece. Oh no, that's the next. Contemporary. nah no, some awful piece of contemporary music. Uh, and there's a really bad one early in this movie yeah. that sounds like a an actual drone sound. <laughs> <laughs> when yes. they're doing the interviews, there's this kind of... Uh, well, and when we first go to the college... Which is what they called music in 2002. Right, when we first
0: go to the college and Sarah's walking down the halls, there's a nasty uh, piece of music there. Yeah,
1: So... G- again, good job, Halloween Resurrection. You know, no one wants to hear anything other than that. Halloween, yeah. that uh, Carpenter theme at the end of a Halloween movie. That's all movie. we fucking need. And you have the good sense to know this. Um, But, you know, g- overall good sense in short supply in this film.
0: This movie's better and funner to watch than people give it credit for.
1: Yeah, I, I have a really hard time thinking of it as a bad movie.
0: Even it though is. it is
1: self-evidently yeah. that. <laughs> I, I would because love I do, to I give I it a break, a break, enough of a break to call
0: it a good movie,
1: but I know that it's not a good movie. No, no, it, it's, it, it makes too many yeah. mistakes. Like, it actively t- makes too many mistakes. I think that's the difference. It's not that it disappoints. Mm-hmm. It's that it, it goes out of its way to ruin itself. Yeah that's what makes it a bad movie for me but the found, well, and you I also know, think because
0: like, I remember the foundations
1: you know, of this movie are really solid yeah, I think I, I agree you know because you've got the you've got the 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 uh, the internet stuff the haunted house stuff the escape room the interactive media part of it you've got a pretty solid uh you know um short film at the beginning of the movie mm-hmm like these are all, you know. These, the, this speaks very well of the movie as a whole. But it's just, it makes a lot of egregious turns within there sure. that, that you can't apologize your way out. of. No, yeah,
0: you can't, you can you can't try to stick up for it.
1: No, no, and it's a yeah. shame because there's uh, a lot you
0: would stick up, you know, stick up for this movie.
1: But but I definitely, I it's definitely mistakes think people... it's mistakes are its mistakes. It's mistakes or it's mistakes. But I definitely think what people don't recognize is that is that the the original ideas and themes of the film mm-hmm. translated into the Finnish film to some extent. Yeah. That's not acknowledged about yeah, this movie. Yeah, yeah. You're right. Uh, they did. They did. It's obviously not not optimum. Sure. You know. But they're there. They're, 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 there's moments of this movie that that speak to the intellectual questions that were posed in the original concept of this movie before it, it got watered down by the studio and messed about with to the point that it became a bad movie. Sure. And by the studio, I mean Buster Rhymes. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Ladies and gentlemen...
0: You're going to have to tell us what you think. Find us on Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter. Send us an email to everythingsequel at gmail.com. We're not calling it good, but we're calling it better than you think. So let us know. For Tom Stewart of Lonesome Whistle Productions, Michael Schantz here of the How Dare You Awards. When you hear us next time, Tom will be upset. We're talking Halloween 2018. Say goodbye. Big surprise. Say goodbye to everyone, Tom.
1: You hit me like I murdered your fucking mother or something! (laughs) Alright. Is he thinking of a diff. Is he thinking of a different series? He might be, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) He thinks he's talking to Norman Bates, doesn't he? That's (laughs) great.
0: Thanks for listening, everyone.